feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is The Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita, because your perfume is smelling sweet. Coming up this hour here on the Rita Cosby Show, we'll continue to talk about this attack that happened tonight. Uh, The U.S. sort of striking back uh, at targets in Yemen with these Houthi groups. Also, speaking of leadership or lack thereof, uh, President Biden and his wide open southern border. Rich, who just called, uh, still trying to get over the headache after that one. Uh, Rich seems to think that all migrants come one, come all, and have a plot of land and have at it, and that they deserve it above veterans. Boy, uh, that guy, that was an interesting call. And we are also talking about President Trump and also Hunter Biden, both of them in court today. Hunter Biden on the left coast. Uh, he was over there because he had the criminal charges tied to tax evasion and tax fraud, all that stuff, the felony counts. He also has the gun charge in Delaware, but he had those counts. He entered not guilty, please, after his big stunt yesterday on Capitol Hill. And we're going to talk about that later on in the show. Earlier today, I spoke to Congressman Andy Biggs, who was in the room. He's with the House Oversight Committee. And he was there when the whole thing happened, when suddenly Hunter showed up on Capitol Hill unannounced, unexpected. And then when they started firing questions at him, he ran away. So we're going to get into all of that. Uh, Boy, that was an interesting moment for the record books there. Also, President Trump today in court, and he was in New York City for a civil trial. This is the big one where they are trying to, A, give him a huge fine. It's like $370 million dollars. Because the original amount of $250 million that the AG put out there wasn't enough. So let's add a little more. Let's make it $370 million. What the heck to try to fine him? That's what she's asking the judge. And also, she wants to basically put President Trump and his family out of business in the state of New York. So there's a lot at stake here. And President Trump... Uh, feels that the whole thing is just fixed. And if you had seen today, he wanted to do closing arguments for himself, uh, which is an interesting approach because he wants to say, here's what's really happening and make his plea. It's a judge. There's no jury, but he wanted to make his plea to the judge. The judge said, no, 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 you can't. Then at one point he said, I do want to be able to at least make a statement. The judge said, okay, we'll give you a few things. But then the judge said, I'm not going to let you talk about anything politics. I'm not going to let you do this. I'm not going to let you do that. Okay, go ahead. So then, of course, Trump starts talking. And after two or three minutes, I think maybe after two or three seconds, he started saying, going after the judge, saying he feels the judge is totally biased, which it sure seems like he is. Um, Then he also said that the whole fix was in, that it was all because of politics, that he was being targeted, which I think a lot of people would contend that certainly is the case. And and then the judge cuts him off and says, that's enough. You can't say anymore. Like, he's not even allowed to have his own defense. Boy, does that look like the fix is in. So here is President Trump today. 
uh, speaking with a reporter outside the courtroom. Listen to this. You said you're going to, you could get President Biden on various issues you outlined. I didn't say I could get him on anything. I said he is using the weaponization of the DOJ and the FBI to go after his political opponent. And you just can't do that. And he believes that that's what this is all about, is going after the man who is now clearly the leading candidate on the GOP side, the biggest challenger right now to President Biden. And boy, it does look unseemly. I mean, you're going after him for these things that have never been done in New York before. There's no victim in this case. The banks didn't say they got ripped off. And in fact, they said they were paid back in full uh, and even made money on the deals. Even if they say that the amounts were inflated or off or whatever, uh, they didn't see any problem with it. They never complained. And real estate, a lot of people will tell you in New York is very subjective. Some people will say a property is worth X and another person will say a property is worth something else. It depends. Uh, this judge, remember, was basing Mar-a-Lago on, I have to look, it was either 11 or 18 million, whatever the amount was. Uh, it's definitely worth a lot more than that, at a zero at least. So, I mean, there there are so many questions about this case, and it's a it's a case where they've never done this in New York before. They've gone after a business when no one's complained, when there hasn't been a victim. And again, they're trying to not only give him this huge amount of a fine, they're also trying to put him out of business in New York where he and his family started. So there, there are so many unseemly moments about this. It's just, it really is shameful. And so today, President Trump not only went after Biden, but he said that the Attorney General, Letitia James, is also after him. And remember, when she campaigned for Attorney General, she campaigned saying she was going to go after President Trump. She made that part of her campaign spin. So that doesn't look good either, just like uh, Fannie Willis, Fulton County Fannie in Fulton County, Georgia. She said she was going to go after Trump. Uh, It turns out she was also going after the prosecutor down there. That's a whole other story. We'll go after that later. Uh, Her lover, according to some of the documents. So there's a lot of stuff going on there, but it sure looks like the fix is in. And today, President Trump came out swinging against the New York Attorney General. Take a listen. We've proven this case so conclusively. Uh, We've asked for directed verdict many times. Uh, They don't have any facts. They don't have any evidence against us. Millions and millions of pages, years of litigation, and all politically motivated. She campaigned on a I will get Trump. If you've ever seen any of the, uh, seen any of her clips, they're horrible clips, actually, the anger. She's got Serious Trump derangement syndrome, there's no question about Letitia James, the corrupt attorney general of New York. So we've proven our case. There's not one witness against us other than one person who is a a deranged. He's got a lot of problems. He's a man who's uh, been convicted of lying. He's a felon, convicted felon, and uh, not a good person. But that's their only witness, and he's now crashed and burned. They have no witnesses. And by the way, that witness took back everything that he said. He took back everything he said in court, took it all back. And that famous phrase, Trump derangement syndrome. Now, he also made an interesting claim saying that Letitia James, Trump says, visited the White House um, a series of times. Now, it's unclear if she visited the White House when and also was she visiting for this case or something else. But that is interesting um, because it also harkens back to what we were just talking about with Fulton County Fannie, 
the woman in Georgia because the Georgia DA down there, Fannie Willis, it's now come out on this bombshell filing by one of the other defendants down there because, of course, that case is also going on. But in that particular case, a defendant has come out saying that Fannie Willis was having a romantic relationship with this guy who was a married guy. And according to documents, I think the day he files for the divorce, uh, the next day she puts him on the case as the prosecutor in the Trump case. Doesn't sound like he was super well qualified or the right person, but he was right for her. And now, according to reports, this guy also went to the White House for two eight-hour visits. That looks really bad if that's the case, because they have said there's no communication with the White House. There's never been any influence from the White House. We've never had any contact. Well, if you suddenly have the guy who's the lead prosecutor, who you could wonder why he was picked as the lead prosecutor, but even still goes to the White House and then has two eight-hour meetings, that's a lot of time uh, to kind of plan and strategize and do a lot of things. So, boy, does that open the door on so many issues here. So Trump is contending that Letitia James may have done the same thing. But it's a shame to have to have gone through this for years and years and years. And now we'll see if we're going to get an honest verdict. We didn't have a jury. We had no rights to a jury. It's a statute that's never been used before for a purpose like this. I just watched a certain broadcast and they said, you know, they've been looking, has it ever been used before? This is a statute that's a consumer fraud statute, never been used for anything like this before. And it's a shame. It's uh, it's really a, uh, it's a witch hunt in the truest sense of the word. It's election interference. And uh, it just came out, I just, it was just, right now, Letitia James visited Joe Biden in the White House numerous times during the Trump witch hunt. And this just came out about 10 minutes ago, I got it. And so it's all it's all a conspiracy to try and get Biden, who can't put two sentences together, trying to get him into office. And boy, uh, that is not good. If it looks like there was coordination on this side, and also if there was coordination, as we are also hearing in the Georgia case, it sure looks like uh, boy, was this sort of a strategized prosecution in many, many ways, if indeed that's the case. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Sandra in New Jersey. Sandra, your thoughts on this or anything else? Well, I want to say um, Kenneth Wade's uh, wife, who soon they'll, they'll be getting divorced, she's very, very, very pretty. Just, I just wanted to mention that. And, and, but, and, by, um, and by the way, Kenneth Wade, I want to uh, let everybody know, uh, that is Nathan Wade, actually, right? That's who you're talking about, Nathan Wade. Nathan Wade is the prosecutor that Fannie Willis, according to this report, had uh, a little tryst with, maybe still is. Um, and by the way, he was walking out today. There's a shot of him walking out. Uh, he's uh, he's uh, packing. He had a gun with him. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, that was a little weird, too. Well, they say that's allowed in Georgia, so maybe that's just what everybody carries. I don't know. Yeah, it just but. was odd given all the dynamics here. Yeah. It's like uh, it was there was just something a little bizarre about the whole thing. But uh, but yeah, I mean, what do you make of that? By the way, before we move on to to something else, too, Sandra. But on this, what do you make of the fact if in, if it looks like this is true that you know that he visited the White House uh, two 
times for eight hours each. They claim they had no contact. The guy happens to go there. I don't believe he's related to Joe Biden or Hunter. Uh, So what's he doing at the White House? And they claim they had no contact. That looks really fishy. Well, I believe they're coaching him and training him because he doesn't know very much about this part of the law. You know, I heard he's new at this. And, you know, they're they're coaching him. They're telling him everything to say, everything not to say. And he's spending a lot of time there getting coached. That's what I think. Yeah, and that doesn't look good for the case. I mean, to me, that blows the credibility of this case. And to pick somebody that she's having a romantic relationship with, um, whether he's married or not, or whether they were married even, you know, you don't have, it just, it looks like a conflict of interest and it doesn't make the investigation uh, look like it's independent or pure. It looks, it looks really tainted. It, it really smells. Your thoughts about that, Sandra, do you think that this should be reviewed and maybe uh, thrown out or at least re-reviewed? There should be at least a pause. No, I want to see it thrown out because, you know, everybody on the other side, we're finding out more and more they're doing wrong things and we're always getting blamed. They have to take accountability too. This is not right. She gets together with this guy and she travels with him and she sleeps with him and they do all these things together. And, and, and he's, he wants to please her, obviously, but he's going to say whatever it takes to make her happy. And in the end, it's going to make Trump unhappy. And I think that's not fair. Yeah, it definitely is not fair. Any other place, if that happened, that would be a total conflict of interest. Uh, let's go to Dave real quick. Line five, Dave from New Hampshire. Hi, Rita. Love your show. Um, Great. I just want to say one thing. It seems that both Ron DeSantis and Stan seem to forget about Remain in Mexico. Yes. One of the best things that Trump had going. Yes. It was so ingenious of him to offer a really nice tariff to Mexico to say, you know, if you would like really high tariffs, just keep letting them in. When the border got closed by them with 28,000 troops, it sent a message to the rest of the world. Hey, we're not going to be able to make it in there. Okay, but the moment that Biden gets in, he he removes that and opens the border wide open. Okay, so why is it that people seem to forget all about that? And secondly, I have a choice for vice president. Okay, who is it? Kelly Ann Conway. Ah, ah, that's an interesting choice. She's very spunky. I like Kelly Ann. And look, she helped him. She helped him secure victory the first time. Absolutely. She's well-spoken, and and it's funny because the press can never give her a hard time. She gives it right back to them. I love it. Yes, she does. Kelly McInerney does the same thing, you know? Yep, Uh, she does. And and listen, as you know, she was the first woman uh, to run, you know, be the campaign manager of a presidential campaign at that point. And obviously, look at, and she stuck with him during all the Access Hollywood stuff, everything else. Um, I like Kellyanne a lot. Uh, that would be an interesting choice. Uh, I like that. And Dave, I'm also glad you brought up the Remain in Mexico because that is so important. Of course, Ron DeSantis doesn't bring it up because he doesn't want to do anything that really highlights Trump at this point. He's still trying to somehow put a dent uh, in the polls, even though he is so far behind President Trump at this point. But he's still trying. He's looking at him as a, as a competitor at this point. Uh, but listen, if, if Biden had just kept Remain in Mexico, think how different things would be right now. And uh, I'm glad you're also spotlighting that, too. It's, it's a pretty easy thing to do. And this current president does not want to do it. 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show.
This is the Rita Cosby Show. President Trump talking about Letitia James going to the White House. There are reports that she went three times after filing the fraud suit against Trump. Uh, there are claims that maybe she was there for events. It's unclear what she went there for, but she did go to the White House. So it's worth looking into. Uh, and President Trump says all of this, all of these cases are because they don't want him in the White House. They want to stay in power. We have our best poll numbers. We have the best everything despite this, and maybe because of this, because the people of the United States, all of those people back there, but the people of the United States really get it. They get it better than anybody else. And if you look at the polls, boy, is he cleaning up shop. And we'll see what happens because, of course, Iowa is on Monday. And then soon after that, a little over a week after that, then, of course, you have the New Hampshire primaries. So we are just really at the very, very beginning of the campaign contest, even though it feels like it's been many years. Uh, So what do you make of all of these claims by President Trump? To me, it does look like so much of this is all politics. Give me a break. Uh, I have never seen the justice system been used against a political opponent of the president like this before. We're going to talk about that and good old Hunter Biden. Rita Cosby is on. Well, it was one for the record books yesterday. We were talking about Trump today and yesterday. Boy, oh boy, Hunter Biden just suddenly shows up. Remember in the courtroom, uh, I should say the hearing room on Capitol Hill. Remember, he was supposed to show up for a subpoena that was supposed to be behind closed doors. It was a deposition. That's the way they always do it. They question them behind closed doors then they can kind of hone in on the things that they want to ask them. And then they allow sometimes public testimony. And they said, yeah, we're happy to allow you public testimony, but first you got to go behind closed doors so we can ask you all the questions, figure out, get you on record, see what you know, what you don't know, what you'll claim you know, what you claim you don't know. Um, Any good uh, investigator is going to say that's the way it works. And these witnesses can't call the shots just because your last name's Biden. Uh, But boy, he thumbed his nose at Congress. Remember, he did it in December when he showed up. He was supposed to show up on the House side, and then he shows up on the Senate side. And then he did that little theatrical press conference with the little cameras all around filming him and everything. Well, same thing yesterday. Yesterday, there was no plan for him to be there. They were having a hearing about holding him in contempt because he didn't want to do the closed-door deposition. 
And without any announcement, he just suddenly shows up in the congressional hearing room in the middle of the House Oversight Committee. It was, boy, it was definitely, I've covered a lot of hearings on Capitol Hill. Uh, That was one certainly for the record books. And then you could see all the people around him filming it and, you know, him smiling and, you know, uh, the guy next to him, the attorney smiling too. There are all these wild moments that happened. And it was definitely a major sort of political stunt. And also just thumbing his nose at Congress. I mean, to me, it was very uh, brazen, uh, audacious. Uh, I just thought it was really a stunning moment that he actually went through and did that and that they actually said, hey, yeah, just show up and kind of make a mockery out of Congress. Uh, I thought it was really just distasteful. And who could forget, this is what Congresswoman Nancy May said when he suddenly showed up. She turned the tables on him. So my first question is, who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Um, Second question, you are the epitome of white privilege, coming into the Oversight Committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here and... Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry. Mr. Chairman... If the gentle lady wants to hear from Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. Chairman. Let's take a vote and hear from Hunter Biden. What are you afraid of? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Order, order, order. Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Are women allowed to speak in here or no? You keep interrupting me. I'll interrupt the chairman. I don't know that he's a lady. I think that that Hunter Biden should be arrested right here, right now, and go straight to jail. Our nation is founded on the rule of come law on, come on. and the premise come that on. the law applies equally to everyone, no matter what your last Point of order, Mr. Chairman. <laughs> that was one of those great moments. Wow. And here is Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene, also firing questions at Hunter, and then he scurried off. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse going? me, Hunter. Oh, apparently, you're afraid of my words. Whoa. Uh, here Oh, I like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Wow, that's too bad. That's Congress. Welcome to Capitol Hill, guys. Wow. Uh, That is a wild one. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen that where somebody who is defying a subpoena shows up with a camera crew and his team. uh, And then they're just sitting there smiling. And then they just kind of wander off. That was a classic. Um, Well, Congressman Jamie Raskin, uh, boy, is he a hypocrite, because remember when the tables were turned and when the questions were about Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro, who they wanted to call before committees and they refused to come before the January 6th committee. Well, Jamie Raskin said, oh, that that is so inappropriate. Throw the book at him. Also, by the way, President Biden did, too, back then. And here is Jamie Raskin in 2022, the Democrat who yesterday said, oh, Hunter Biden is so above board, doing everything right. A poor little Hunter Biden. Wah, wah. Here is Jamie Raskin. The lesson is, uh, please tell your children out there in America, if you get a subpoena before Congress or you get a subpoena to go to the court, go. You have a legal responsibility to go. You have a legal responsibility to go. So I wonder if he said that to Hunter Biden yesterday when he showed up. And by the way, it looked like all the Democrats on the committee were well aware that Hunter was going to show up because they had Secret Service come in and they didn't seem to be surprised when Hunter came in. They wanted it to be like this big gotcha moment for the GOP. 
uh, very mature. So earlier today on Cats and Cosby, the show I host at 5 o'clock Eastern time with the great John Katsimatidis, and today we had on Congressman Andy Biggs. Congressman Andy Biggs was in the room when all this went down with Hunter Biden. He's on the House Oversight Committee. And listen to this interesting conversation we had. I wanted to share it with you. Take us through, first off, you wrote uh, a a great thing. I saw it on your social media post, and uh, it's the case against Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden is a longstanding threat to American national security. Explain it to everybody. (laughs) Well, well, he's, he's a threat to national security and has been for probably 15 years because he's selling access to uh, his dad, the vice president, he's securing these bribery scams uh, all over the world uh, on behalf of the Biden crime family. I mean, so uh, he's he's cozying up with uh, the number two at China's Communist Party espionage apparatus. He's meeting with people, uh, you know, in Ukraine. He's getting on boards. He's facilitating the stopping of of uh, an attorney general who's investigating a company in exchange for money. I mean, these types of things, um, uh, they're all they're all over Hunter Biden's uh, life. And so when we start talking about a documentary about Hunter Biden, let's let's hope that it, uh, it shows the corruption as well. You know, I, I found it despicable what he did yesterday. I thought it was so disrespectful. You've been in Congress a long time, Congressman Andy Biggs, and, and he just shows up unannounced, thumbing his nose at the committee. And then when uh, folks on the committee start throwing questions to him, he, he runs out. Uh, take us through just that moment and what everybody thought on the committee. Well, I mean, of course, the Democrats knew he was coming. Let's let's, let's be honest there. Yeah, so, that's true. So You're when- right. Yeah, so we knew something was weird when Secret Service is scoping out the the hearing room before it starts, and then he's popping there. When I come in, he's sitting on that front row with uh, his documentarian and his attorney. Is like, oh boy, this is going to be fun. I hope he's here because when I ask my questions, I know what I'm going to ask him, and I'm going to direct everything to him. Which I think he found out when Nancy Mace was our first questioner, and she went right after him. And then uh, he stayed for that and, and looked really uncomfortable, quite frankly. And then, then then Democrats get a turn and there's back to Marjorie Taylor Greene and she goes after him. And then he, he's fleeing. He's fleeing the scene of the crime at, the, at that point because it was the scene of the crime because that's where he was supposed to come for his deposition and chose not to, which is criminal contempt. So I hope that they throw the book at Hunter Biden. Uh, They're starting the process and it's going to go, I think, to the full Congress. It looks like maybe in the next week or so. uh, And we'll see what happens. And by the way, the DOJ, uh, because they're the ones who actually would enforce it. Of course, I have no faith in it. It's the Biden's DOJ. But let's see what they do. And if it goes to Merrick Garland, boy, will it be interesting. Will he do the right thing and have the same standard that they applied because, remember, they held Steve Bannon in contempt charges. Also, Peter Navarro was stopped at an airport, remember, in Atlanta, treated like he was like a serial killer. And they hauled him in in front of everybody at the airport. So why is Hunter going around thumbing his nose and, boy, even like mocking Congress? Uh, I mean, really brazen. Boy, is that guy... Uh, Boy, does that I have, as I say from my times living in Seville, Spain, cojones. I mean, that was really one for the record books. 
And if they don't throw the book at him and do equal justice, that will speak incredible volumes. I won't be surprised because I don't expect Merrick Garland to step up, although maybe he's like so embarrassed of his reputation because of all the things that have happened in the last few years. Uh, Maybe on the way out, he might say, uh, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll do the right thing for a change. Let's see what happens. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go first. Let's go to Will. Uh, Will, your thoughts about all of this stuff, all the court cases. It's a wild week. You know what it is? It's very simple. If it's past the statute of limitations, if it were anyone else but Trump, it would have been dismissed immediately. Okay, right there. That's why you have a statute of limitations, right? Then you have have Letitia James sitting in the stands, posturing for cameras, okay? While there's crime all over New York City that you could be prosecuting, however, you're sitting in a civil trial with a judge who's pretending to be an appraiser with no evidence except the evidence that you literally make up and the judge makes up from the bench, okay, without without even an injured party. I mean, this is third-world shenanigans. Now, what really offends me about this, most of all, what really offends me is that either they think we're stupid or they think we're weak. And they think we won't do anything about it. And they know. You see, this country needs a civilian tribunal, a civilian investigation arm. We can't have unelected bureaucrats investigating the people that put them in place, that sit there for 20 and 30 years and have no repercussions and no elections to answer for and be the ones that arbitrate what justice is in this country. Okay? It can't happen anymore. Our founding fathers would have been, are rolling over in their graves watching what this country has turned into. And then to think that Merrick Garland, a jilted Supreme Court nominee, would be uh, biased, uh, partisanly biased? No kidding. No kidding that this guy's going to go after Republicans and shield Democrats. Remember what they did to him when they wouldn't let him on the Supreme Court? You think that anybody like that could be objective? I'm sorry to yell at you, Rita. You know, no, I, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm passionate, too. I, by the, I feel so much of what you are saying there, Will, because it is, it is disgusting. And what you, you, what you just said before was, uh, I mean, you made a lot of good points, Will, but where you said they either think we're stupid or we're weak. Um, that's not obviously neither one is a good thing and that is a bad place to be. And and we do look like a third world country. I mean, th- the other thing that happened and, and I was talking about it earlier today, Will, he goes into the courtroom. He's about to like, you know, make he wanted to do closing statements. They said no, because, you know, you you're going to go into politics. Well, he's saying it's all about politics. That's why I'm here. It's all like he can't. They're telling him how to do his defense. And then the minute he starts saying something in closing arguments, the judge is like, "Okay, you're off. Like, that is what I would expect in a banana republic. That's not what you expect in America. Have the guy have his say. You know, I I mean, let him let him speak and let him present the evidence. But the judge has already made up his mind. Remember, he already found him guilty. The question is essentially how much. You know, I mean, this is I I agree with you. I'm angry, too. And to me, every American should be angry because it is about fairness and justice in our system. And that's not a Republican issue. That is a red, white and blue issue. And we should all really care that we make sure we get it right for the sake of this country. Uh, Will, thank you. You're terrific. You got to call back again soon. Thanks so much. And everybody, we're going to continue your calls, everybody. But now here is our support, our heroes segment. 
The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And everybody, this is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes segment. And tonight, a really powerful story from Marathon City, Wisconsin, where a Korean War veteran, Claude Butchberger, was presented with a special gift courtesy of Quilts of Valor at a recent meeting of an American Legion post. The Quilts of Valor Foundation has a mission to cover service members and veterans touched by wars with a quilt of valor in hopes of offering them comfort and healing. And since 2003, this great group, this is amazing, has awarded almost 370,000 quilts. Now, just to give you a little background about this veteran, he was drafted in the U.S. Army in 1952, reported for duty in February 1953, and from there, he was sent to Fort Lewis Army Base in Tacoma, Washington, for basic combat training. After that, he received orders to be shipped out to North Korea and uh, to Korea. Once in Korea, he was stationed near the 38th parallel, also very well known as Pork Chop Hill, before it became known as the demilitarized zone, the DMZ. The war was coming to an end, and out of the 200 men in his company, only 60 were left. Combat was very, very tough in that area, and he was honorably discharged from the army on January 3rd, 1955, received many, many different commendations, and how beautiful that he was presented with this quilt of valor just a few days ago in Marathon City, Wisconsin. I love being able to honor all of our great veterans, uh, the Korean War veterans. Boy, all of you have done so much for our country and for the world, and we thank you so much for your service. And everybody, all it takes is $11 a month. Donate $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Simply go to T2T.org. That's T2T.org. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about Hunter Biden in court, Trump hauled in court, and there is so much more. Uh, think about all the stakes during the time of campaigning. This is full swing. You look at Iowa is on Monday. And yet, what is President Trump dealing with? He's dealing with going into court and trying to defend himself uh, with all these slings and arrows coming in from every different direction. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Denise, uh, line two. Uh, What do you make of all this? Rita, they were on a very slippery uh, slope of losing our country. We, first of all, we had the Manchurian candidate in, in the Oval Office, and very meticulously, they are taking and ripping our country apart from within. 
They are taking away our liberties. Since when are we being told who and who not we can vote for? I mean, we put our 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 confidence in the elected officials, and guess what? They turned out to be part of the problem, not part of the solution of the problem. I am furious. We are living in a Marxist state, and if we don't rise up, I really mean this, we are so desperately in a desperate situation at this point in time that if we don't stand up, I mean, this is ridiculous. Of course Biden's going to walk into there. Daddy's in the White House. Daddy on day one opened up the border to open up the floodgates for all the migrants to come in. By the way, Rita, I mean, they will stop at nothing. And I really mean that. They will go as low as low can be. Yeah, lower and, than we can imagine. And Denise, I, I sadly agree with you. I wish I didn't, but I sadly do agree with you. I, I never would have imagined that uh, these things, like the the use of you know the the lawfare that we have seen, where they've been using all these court cases, trying to kick uh, Trump off for the Fourteenth Amendment, anything they can do to keep Trump out so they can stay in power, and just like you said, also opening the borders. Uh, I and I've said this before. I thought like, oh God, maybe it's a conspiracy theory that like people think him, them coming in is for votes. Now I can't think of any other reason, because why else would you want to have all these people come in that you don't vet, you don't check, uh, you have no idea of their criminal background, and you let them into a country? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, I mean, that's what you do to an enemy country. That's not what you do to your own country. Um, so you're right. There there are some really sinister things, I think, that are happening that are so un-American and so downright dangerous on so many levels. And that's why I think good people do need to speak up and speak up clearly. Uh, let's go to Pete real quick. Uh, Pete in Staten Island. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah, well, the pres- President Trump looked great. I mean, he, he would look stoic and everything. And I would have cracked up if I was him with that judge. He looked back, like the twin brother, the guy from uh, Babes in Toyland, uh, Marching Wooden Soldiers, you know, the one that tried <laughs> to evict him. I thought uh, he looked a little bit like, you know, um, uh, the professor on Back to the Future. You know, the guy who, like, takes off in the car at the end. Uh, to me, uh, it was wild. And I can't believe the judge scolded Trump. Like, okay, that's enough. That's what you see in, like, Russia or you see in North Korea. We shouldn't see that in America, Pete.